Symphony of Shadows, Second Movement, Yome Distel. Welcome to the Jungle, Phrase 3. Jazz woke slowly and totally disoriented. She must have slept awkwardly because her neck was fiercely stiff. On the bright side, her cramps were finally starting to calm, her stomach no longer strangled in a vice-like grip. She turned to find Knox no longer there and was surprised to discover she was happy about that. No awkward morning small talk, Jazz thought. She wasn't sure yet if last night was a mistake. It sure didn't feel like one. It felt right which scared the shit out of her. Jazz rose and looked around for the others. It appeared everyone else was already up and busy. A strange anxiety filled Jazz, alone in this empty place where there had certainly been intelligent and cultured life at one time or another. She pushed the thought aside and made her way towards the shadow's edge, which Gerta was busy unloading. Morning, Princess Blatz. Gerta tossed Jazz a go-bag. We're going the rest of the way by foot. Why's that? asked Jazz. Nowhere to easily land, and we have company. Company? Jazz took a quick look through her bag. Seems like that crystal brought along some unwanted baggage. Why it said Cybele and Red are on their way. Shit, cursed Jazz. Is he alright? For now. The crew is keeping quiet. Calms only if there's an emergency. If they see us flying around, though, it'll be bad news. That mountain is only a few clicks away, and I found a path that will lead us there. Wit can grab us quick enough if things go sideways, but it's not worth the risk of getting spotted. Jazz nodded. Anything to eat? Switch is inside, cooking up some breakfast. Jazz entered the ship and went to the kitchen. Switch tossed a bowl of oatmeal in front of her, while Jazz filled a cup of coffee for herself. How are you feeling? Jazz smiled. Like shit, Switch groaned. Nothing some coffee and painkillers won't fix, though. You? I have no fucking clue, to be honest. Jazz took a large swig of coffee and dug into her oatmeal. Knox appeared and smiled at her slightly. She smiled back involuntarily. We'll leave once you're finished, Jazz. Knox filled his own cup of coffee and sipped at it. The faster we get what we want and return to the Firefox, the quicker we can get back to the Constellation Sector. You sound pretty confident, retorted Jazz. Could be this is our new home. It will be our grave if Cybele and Red find us, he added morbidly. Nox, Gerta shouted. Out here, now! The three of them stood and ran outside. Jazz's attention was immediately drawn upward, where the roar of ships vibrated in the air and explosions prickled the sky several clicks away. Jazz's first reaction was to run into the shadow's edge and join the fight, but Knox took her by the shoulder. That's Red and Cybele, fighting each other. We can't stay here, said Gerta. Whatever is happening, if they find us, we're proper fucked. We need to move, now. Not a moment sooner, and one of the ships took an RPG to the face and plummeted to the ground. There was no further argument. The four of them gathered their things, holstered their weapons, and started down the hill towards the signal. Once they were in the trees, they could no longer see the fighting, but they could hear it. Gunfire and explosions echoed around them, 
too close for comfort. After some time, the noise stopped for a while, the fighting done, or at least they thought. Suddenly, a concussive force rumbled the ground, and even from the thick tree cover, Jazz could see smoke trailing in the sky. None of them spoke, perhaps scared that even a whisper would draw attention to them. Jazz sure as hell wasn't going to risk it. She caused enough trouble, and she was determined to not be the one to ignite yet another shitstorm. Herta took the lead, hacking her way through an overgrown path with her long plasma knife. It was early, but the day was already scalding hot. Jazz thought the tree cover might provide some cooling shade, but the opposite appeared true. Instead, the canopy of trees was like a sauna, the humid air trapped. Sweat poured down her face, and whenever she tried to clear it away, some always got in her eyes and stung. More sweat waterfalled down her back, and the ravine that was her ass crack. This planet's version of bugs must have noticed that some tasty morsels were vulnerable and began congregating around their small party. Jazz swatted them with futile misery. Her eyes kept looking at the top right of her HUD, which displayed their distance from the waypoint Wit had set for them. The distance decreased painfully slow as they moved through a maze of trees. If not for that waypoint, Jazz would have been completely lost. Everything looked the same, the overgrown path melding at times with the jungle floor. Several times they lost it and had to turn back. Jazz noticed Switch was starting to fall behind. You all right? she asked. Switch panted, his dark skin growing pale. It's nothing, I'm all right. Yerta had noticed and stopped cleaving a path. We're not so far away now. Let's take five and get this bag of bones some water. Thanks, said Switch as she pulled out his canteen and gulped down the contents. He sat on a fallen log and bugs immediately swarmed him. He swatted at them, but they were persistent. Thought I was used to the bugs living on Nugana, but this is something else. Probably the alcohol, said Goethe. Your blood is sweet today. Then why aren't they attacking you? asked Switch. I've got ice in my veins, Goethe smiled. Jazz pulled out a cigarillo and lit it. So, what's the plan? asked Jazz. Everyone looked to Knox. Not sure. We'll have to do some scouting first, I think. Jazz, you still have that wit drone? Jazz pulled the metallic orb from her belt. Fully charged. I would send him off ahead. Hear that wit? Stay hidden, though, in the trees. If you're spotted, it will be bad for us. The drone sprung to life, two small gyroscopic fans unfurling. After Wit took to the air, the AI moved up and down as if nodding. If you run into Cybello Red, come back here immediately. Wit flew off and a small vid feed appeared in Jazz's HUD. I'm not sure how useful a real plan will be, Knox considered. Even with the recon we'll get from Wit. The situation is too unpredictable. Instead, I recommend setting some priorities. Finding the origin of the signal is the most important. Assuming the ship is still functional, Jazz can have Wit make a copy of the records, which we can take back with us and decrypt once we're off the planet if need be. Gerta and I will provide cover if things start getting messy. We'll be close to that mountain, so I recommend not using any light weapons. Stick to material, knives, and your whipstick, Jazz. And what if there are people there? Jazz asked uncertainly, unwilling to say the word aliens for fear that it might make them appear.
If there are people still alive, we'll have been stuck here for over forty years. No telling what state they'll be in, but we'll want to bring them back with us either way. They might be the key to understanding the mess we're in, and getting us home in one piece. If things stay calm, we'll hike back to camp and leave as quietly as we came. Gerta motioned to Jazz for a hit from her cigarillo. She handed it over, and Gerta sucked in the smoke. And if things get loud, Gerta fiddled with the assault rifle slung over her shoulder and took another drag. I'll tear a hole through anyone in our way. Gerta handed the cigarillo back to Jazz. Wit can be here in less than three minutes, but if we're under fire, it's going to be a difficult retreat. We'll have to risk it, added Knox. With any luck, Cybele and Red will keep one another busy for some time. They're both notoriously difficult to kill, and as long as they're distracted with one another, we may have a chance. Won't matter if they have a fleet space side, said Goethe. The Firefox is a scrapper, and we have some cruisers to support, along with the Shadow's Edge, but we won't survive long up there. If things do go to shit down here, you better believe it'll be worse up there. Yerta pointed to the sky. Knox sighed. Can't plan for everything. If Cybele and Red are at it down here, I would imagine the fighting is even hotter in orbit. Might be we can slip past them in the chaos. Yerta grunted a laugh. I wouldn't bet on it. Not with the luck of this one. She pointed to Jazz. There's something I haven't told you all. Jazz blurted. They all eyed her concernedly. She reached into her pocket and pulled out the shard of purple crystal. You found it. I thought you said it was gone, said Knox. This isn't the crystal I had on Providence. I pulled it from that hunk of rock before I shot it. You had that the whole fucking time? Gerta sneered. I'm sorry, but we still have no clue how any of this works. Just some wild theories. I already made the mistake of shooting that crystal and getting us here. I didn't want to bring this up unless it was our only option, and seeing as how things have turned out so far, I think it's best we know there's another option. And what option is that? asked Knox. Two options, really. Jazz pulled her light pistol from the holster. It's a risk, but I think if I shoot this, it's going to bring us back to the larger hunk of rock that brought us here. If we can get some space, we can leave Red and Cybele behind for good. Or if we do run into Cybele, we can take his pistol and maybe have a ticket back to the Constellation Sector. Suka, that is a big if, said Goethe, and both are high risk. We still have no idea how these crystals work. What if you're wrong? It was Knox who answered. Not sure it will matter. As long as we have the crew and the Firefox, you will find a way. You know I will follow you to the grave, Knox, added Goethe. But if I'm going to die, I'd rather it be with a gun in my hands and booze in my belly. Might be you'll still have a chance. Hold on to that, Jazz. Do not use it unless I say so. Switch, you've been quiet. Anything you'd like to add? The man didn't answer. Switch? Jazz asked, concerned. They all looked at Switch, who lay on the log, eyes closed and breathing deeply. Gerta chuckled and shook him awake. Hey, old man! Switch awoke abruptly, shaking his head. You catch any of that? What? asked Switch, who continued swatting the bugs that swarmed him. If things go to shit, you get behind me and stay low, said Gerta. Think you can manage that? She placed Switch's canteen in his hands. Switch nodded and gulped down more water. Gerta took his hand and pulled him upward, and they were moving again. Jazz kept a close eye on Wit's vid feed. They all were. 
The drone weaved through the trees, not willing to risk being spotted above them. It wasn't long before he reached a small clearing by the river, the Purple Mountain, close by. The drone followed the signal and the river into a canyon that cut a gash alongside the mountain. As it lowered, Jazz noticed stairs cut into the stone, crisscrossing downwards towards the water. Jazz could tell they had been worn by years of use, smoothed by water and centuries, if not millennia, of feet. Still, no signs of life, though. Witt continued his descent until he came upon two escape pods. Both were scarred and in heavy disrepair. Metal had clearly been stripped from them, and one was almost entirely bare. The other was more intact. Witt switched to infrared, searching for any nearby biosignatures, but found none. There seemed to be some distortion as well, as if blurring the closer they were to the glowing mountain. Wit, called Knox, take position at the top of the canyon mountainside. Keep an eye out for Red and Cybell or any other trouble that might be coming our way. Will do, the AI responded, and ascended above the stone walls of the canyon. The AI posted itself on a shelf of Purple Mountain, overlooking the area, and continued to scan. There was quite a bit of life, the infrared revealing warm, blurry shapes, but nothing that looked human. Jazz could see smoke rising in the east, but other than that, it appeared they were safe for the moment. Before long, they were inching their way down the steps into the canyon. The deeper they went, the wetter the stone became, making the footing tricky. There was no rail, only the canyon wall. To be safe, they put their backs against the wall and moved laterally, zigzagging down the cutbacks. The sound of running water echoed in the space. Spectacularly colored bird-like creatures watched them, flitting amongst the stone outcroppings and vines that spilled from the sheer cliff face. The swarming insects were gone now, but they were replaced with other bug analogs that poked from small holes and crevices along the path. Jazz had no way of recognizing the little creatures, but her skin crawled at the sight. Her skin itched, unable to stop imagining they had found a way past her clothes and were now wriggling all over her. As they drew closer, Jazz began to notice veins of purple crystal branch through the stone around them. It sparkled where the light managed to find its way into the canyon. She felt it with her fingers like she was checking for a pulse. They were below the purple mountain, and it seemed that it behaved more like a tree than a rock. Crystalline roots had formed in the earth. It was unlike anything Jazz had ever seen, and a reminder to keep her light pistol holstered. After some time, they wound their way to the bottom of the canyon. Everyone remained quiet while Switch began searching the abandoned skate pods. Jazz followed, moving first to the more intact pod for a data download. Gerta and Knox posted up on either side of the pods, weapons at the ready. Jazz half expected to find a dead body in the pod. Memories of Adebigo's frozen form was still a clear image in her mind. This pod had been completely ransacked. Even the computer had been fully removed from the console and left detached from the ship. She tried turning the ancient machinery on, but there was nothing to turn on that she could find. She would need to do this manually. Wit, can you give me directions on how to remove the hard drive? Directions appeared on Jazz's HUD. 
She went to switch in the other pod and took the tools she needed. Any luck in here? she asked. She stripped to her underthings, but whoever did it wanted to leave the engine intact, probably holding out hope to find a fuel source to escape. Not much else to say aside from the signal's been going for a very long time. Any luck with the records? Need to open her up. Jazz lifted a small screwdriver. She's even more stripped than this one. Not surprising. This one probably has just enough to continue sending out that signal. Surprise it's lasted this long. Well, you grab the drive. I'm going to shut off the signal, make sure no one else can find us. Jazz hoped Red and Cybele were too busy trying to kill one another to have noticed the signal, because if they did and suddenly saw that it stopped, it would be suspicious. Jazz nodded and made her way back to the other pod. She got to work, taking apart the computer panel and retrieved the hard drive after some tinkering and placed it in her go-bag. Max, Gerta's voice was strained. You might want to come over here. What is it? Knox asked. Jazz exited the pod and approached Gerta. She had wandered further along the canyon floor, around a small bend. Jazz understood immediately, as she saw a frayed wire run up the canyon wall to the top, where there was a small solar panel. That wasn't the surprising piece, though. In front of Jazz was an opening to a cavern, the wire following along inside with lit LEDs leading deep into the cave. Holy shit, Jazz said as Knox approached. A moment later, Switch came around and said, Everything all right? We ready to- Suka, you should get out of here, Kerta broke the silence. We've pushed our luck as it is. Let's get back to the Firefox and off this blat of a planet. No, Jazz responded without thinking. We need to see if someone is still here, still alive. It's been forty years, Jazz, Gerta shook her head. Doesn't feel right. But what if someone's still alive? Maybe they can tell us more about these crystals and get us back to the Constellation Sector. We're blindly flailing in the dark now, and it's about time we got some answers. Could be a trap, added Knox. We didn't pick anything up on these sensors, either. Then what's the risk? Even if they're dead, they might have left something useful behind. Ten minutes, then we get out of here, Jazz pleaded. Wait, still no signs of Red or Cybele? asked Knox. I have not picked up any traces of either, although there appears to be an unknown vessel circling further east. It appears I am getting some interference from the mountain. I am uncertain at this time of their location, which could mean they are out of range or are using some cloaking device. It's a risk, said Gerta, and I think we have risked enough as it is because of you. Gerta stabbed a finger at Jazz. Ten minutes, that's all I'm asking. We can circle around, see if you can pick anything else up. First sign of trouble, the Shadow's Edge will be faster than you can piss, and we'll be out of here. Both Gerta and Jazz looked to Knox. He measured the options, looking at Switch to see if he had anything to add. Switch shrugged. I think we'd regret not taking a little longer to investigate. Could be nothing, but if it's something... Bah! Gerta spat. Fine, Blatt! You go fucking waste your time. I'll wait out here. Keep an eye out for trouble. Give me one of those cigarillos. She raised her hand and motioned Jazz towards her. Jazz pulled her last rolled cigarillo from her cloak and handed it over to Gerta. She swiped it away and lit it hungrily, chomping on the end of it. Ten fucking minutes and I'm leaving. The rest of them wasted no time. Jazz led, hands raised in case lasers did come flying out of nowhere. Knox brought up the rear, with Switch sandwiched safely between them. The inside of the cavern began as a thin hallway, but quickly opened up into the underside of what must have been the mountain. 
Glowing stalagmites and stalactites reached for one another, and water pooled in depressions. The air was damp, but much cooler than outside. Shapes and figures were carved into the walls, but Jazz ignored them. She told herself it was because she had to focus in this potentially dangerous situation, but a small voice in her head trickled down her spine, screaming silently in fear. The three of them followed the lights deeper into the cavern, their yellow brick road to Eos knew what. Before long, they came to what looked like a doorway, covered by some animal skin. Jazz motioned at Knox and Switch silently to take position. Switch placed a hand on the animal skin, ready to pull it away. Knox pointed his rifle at the doorway, and Jazz readied her plasma knife off to the side. Jazz put three fingers up and began the countdown. Three, two, one. Switch pulled the hanging back while Knox yelled, Down on the ground! Hands above your head! Jazz peeked in to see two older-looking people, a man and a woman. They were both startled, but not by the gun Knox was pointing at them. Instead, they looked right at Switch, mouth agape. Jazz looked at Switch, a similar expression on his face. Amira? Nebu? He said, dropping the weapon. Jazz's own weapon fell to her side of its own accord. She looked at the two people before her. Mom? Dad? Symphony of Shadows is a production of Synapse Radio. Written, produced, and performed by J.S. Rose. Follow us on Instagram at Synapse Radio and Twitter at Connect2Synapse. That's the number two. Or visit our website for all things awesome, synapse-radio.com. Synapse Radio.